Hello and welcome to another exceptional episode of Struggles to Success. Today I'm very excited. I've been chatting with this lovely human for a while and uh, the space that she is in and the knowledge that she has is just fascinating. So today we have Natalie Cox from Intimacy by Nature on. How are you today, Nat? I am amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. No, thank you. I've uh, had some really good chats with you and been looking forward to recording. So today there really isn't um, any specific plan except to just kind of share a bit of your story, if that's okay, and then get some stuff out to the world that's going to be beneficial and valuable because every chat we have is very valuable for me. So, yeah, I just appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful that you see the value in having these really beautiful, uh, expressive conversations. I know myself to be able to get to the point of really being able to open up to my story really um, was a moment of strength, I guess, with anyone who, but well, with everyone, we have our own challenges and experiences with, you know, mental health doubts or um, experiences in our life that put us in a place of um, pain or challenge. I guess the normal knee-jerk reaction is to to go within and to, to close it off and to, to lean away from perhaps the opportunity to to be in support of yourself and others. So, yeah, just giving myself that, that freedom has really opened up my own personal opportunity for the work at, that I share now within the world and with my mission to want to help everyone to really connect better because I guess when we're in a, that healthy space physically mentally sexually emotionally spiritually we're just that that optimum that the optimum human being and obviously it doesn't you know mean perfection but that place to to really expand because our opportunities are limitless when we put ourselves in the right the right state of mind to achieve what we want yeah don't i know that about the shutting off to dealing with the issue of the pain and stuff i've I've done that myself even though I've got, done quite a lot of personal development work, but sometimes uh, things are just too scary and it's mostly only in our mind, as you know, uh, to actually go in and delve into that, you know, little bit of a pain, painful spot or whatever it is that uh, if we can look at it like it's beautiful on the other side of it, maybe, you know, we could really work on healing each other, healing ourselves and then growing together because that's, you know, mass- massively my biggest value is connecting with others. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you say with yourself that you like to pull back in, I know a lot of people deal with with pulling back in differently. Like I know some people like paralyze themselves with analysis of their thoughts or other people just numb out or zone out or be heavily emotional. Or what, what was your like your coping of when you would pull back? Like how did you deal? How did you perceive that you were dealing with it? Hey, that's a good question. I didn't really think of it getting asked such a good question because I could probably go really deep around that and I don't want the story to be just about me but um, if I think back after the I had a had a pretty wild childhood of you know accidents crashes and all sorts of things which I suppose didn't manifest into a lot of problems till later in life but it would have been um, that you know that wild young young exterior as well as losing my father at a young age to suicide that probably turned me into a self-destructive mode or not caring whether I was still around. And then um, alcohol, 
never never did drugs. I thought that I might like them too much. <laughs> so I avoided that because I knew that I was pretty addictive and um, I was probably just reckless and just right into alcohol and never great with food uh, as well. So, and cigarettes and stuff, which really they're drugs, same with alcohol, but it's acceptable, right? Supposedly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Um, those things but nowadays it's probably just a little bit of hiding like I'll just go into a bit of a shutdown which is okay because I process and I'm very fortunate to be at home quite a lot so I can just um go into my own zone a bit so yeah it's good. Do you still consider that as a, a shutdown because you now have the tools and awareness around it or would you perhaps maybe see it as more of like a hermit mode where you go okay I'm just I'm just going within to reflect? Yeah it's more of a hermit mode a lot, lot easier on self rather than actually, um, you know, beating yourself up because that's that's a pretty common thing that we all do is beat ourselves up and think that we have to be certain ways and think that we need to, um, I suppose, expectations of what we think other people should think of us and what we should think of ourselves and all this stuff that really is just bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's as a society as a whole, that's how we're raised. That's what we're led to believe. And it's not that we can't make those changes or bring awareness to the people around us, even the ones that raised us. That, again, the reason why I asked with how with, with you in that hermit mode, again, it's beautiful that you said that some people that like they get into that state of beating themselves up. Like, yes, it's all, it give you permission to have that time out, that breather. But if you're spending that time alone, um, really, destroying your own thoughts and questioning an energy of the past, something that's already happened, then that can be really debilitating. But if you're giving mm. yourself that permission to take that time to be alone as well, it doesn't mean, always mean you have to talk it out to fix it. It could just be in that place of reflection. So really saying that there's so many different ways that you can work through your thoughts and emotions and, 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 and in your action space as well to integrate what you've, you've understood so I know with myself, I loved drugs. <laughs> I'm going to just be really honest because that's how we're here. No, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because like alcohol was initially from with what I'd experienced and I, I will go into more depth, but just yeah. on, on the surface level of that, that, that sure. space, but when I would have alcohol, it was that combination of, you know, just as a, as a teenager and you're experiencing, you know, life, you, you know, yeah. you go to your parties, you do your things. Or to me, yeah. it was always on the sly and I'd drink and it would put me in some really fucked up situations where things would happen. I wouldn't have control over my body or people, yeah. men in particular, were aware of that and I'd be taken advantage of. So yeah. for me, alcohol, I, I couldn't drink a lot. Like I know some of my friends and that could, you know, smash the booze and they'd just they'd be standing and fine and me I just I'd be affected by it and I guess that's because again alcohol is a depressant and obviously that was like really my highest of trying to be like don't do this Natalie don't do this but yeah. of course you don't know that at the time so then all of a sudden um I, I experimented with drugs yeah. and it was like fuck yeah I can see everything I can hear everything I can watch everyone in the room I was no I was safe on drugs I felt unsafe when I drank because I'm like, I lose my inhibition, uh, like my ability to control my circumstances. And I wasn't like very perceptive of what was going on. I was sloppy, you know, gives you a fucking headache, <laughs> you know, yeah. all that stuff. It's expensive, inverted commas, you yeah. know, so you justify all this behavior. But then with drugs, it's like, nah, drugs kept me safe. 
because I'd make better, de- well, better decisions. Fuck, I can't believe. No, definitely didn't make better decisions. But at that time, I thought that was the best option because it allowed me to be in that arm's length from everyone because you are high. Okay, se. just just um, just want to grab grab something on that because I've never had an experience with drugs myself. And for people out there listening, especially for younger people, and I know it's a fucking big problem, massive. And I don't know how anyone could even try and tackle the issue around drugs, but what would you say to people who wanted to potentially experiment that maybe they don't need to? Well, it's I'm gonna what you just said, like drug, you know, drugs are a massive problem. They're just the result of what people are trying to fill normally. So drugs aren't the problem; it's your mindset. Mm, that's what I was sort of looking for. Is that there's other ways, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the word ecstasy <clears throat> comes from that like inner bliss that you feel. Yeah, that's absolutely. That you, know, that... that you have those neurological receptors in your body that resonate with those synthetic drugs. That's <clears throat> why your body reacts the way it does and gets that feeling because your body's so, already in receptive of that energy. The, ex- the, the that euphoric the, ecstasy feeling. The definition of ecstatic is feeling or expressing happiness or joyful excitement. So makes total sense of course and we can do those things naturally which i'm sure you'll probably talk about uh rather than needing the drug would that be right or yeah absolutely and i guess it's that's what it's what happens is because you do get in that beautiful place and this is sort of going back when i was obviously like taking taking the drugs Mm -hmm. is that it's you, you get you just you get so used to receiving it from those external factors that then the lights and the pathways in your your brain, your mind, your spirit turn off to being able to receive it naturally. But also because you're not aware that this is something that you already possess. So again, it's all about that awareness around it. So for me, it was it was not only a mechanism to keep me safe, but yeah. it actually took me to that higher state of mind not just being high as a person but it gave me more confidence and belief in my higher self because my current energy my 3d normal life natalie who'd experienced her traumas and her experiences and challenges she didn't believe enough in herself she didn't have worth she didn't have a self-esteem so therefore i wasn't actioning in my highest and best timeline but then taking the drugs got me there. It made me like, go, okay, maybe I can do this. I can do that. You'd feel invincible. And that's when you hear people go, what do you mean she tried to push a minibus over and you do all these crazy things because you feel elated to what your current state of mind is. It's not that you can't do that. And I'm not saying not necessarily push a minibus, but it's not that you can't achieve what you feel as though that you can on drugs. It's giving yourself that worth and permission and understanding that you can naturally achieve all your dreams, your desires, that state of ecstasy. Yeah. So for me to really involve myself with those drugs, it really was because, yeah, it was to me it was to do with self-worth and my self-image. And, again, it allowed me to put up with the life that I was currently living because it, well, I did really feel like a fish out of water <laughs> in that, that energy and the people I was around. And it was no disrespect to them because it's, it served its purpose and those the people were in the people in my life when they were. Oh, definitely. But it's I like, don't... but I knew I, but I knew deep down, like deep, deep down, I knew I was destined for more. But I didn't believe in my, enough of myself, so it kind of then that's where the numbing part comes out. It numbs it out to current reality, which again, the reality that we're living right now was already created in previous thoughts in your past. Like it's like it's not just this is what's happening. 
everything that's already happening is a result of past life thoughts and actions and things that we've already created. Hence why like deja vu happens or patterns keep repeating itself and you go, oh my God, this is happening again. It's like, yeah, because it's what you've already created in your mind because it all starts within, all starts yeah. within that mind space. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, uh, and you know, how, how, or what sort of a period did you enter that scene of, of um, drugs or whatever in that? I started taking drugs at 17. I took, I took like first experimented with ecstasy. And to me, it was, it was so funny. I felt like, Oh, you know, I'm so old because there were people around me that, you know, I waited till I was 17. There were people around me that were taking it like 14, 15, 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. And again, it was just because um, like with the, like we live in a small town and again it's that's it's it's experienced everywhere so that's that old story of oh there's nothing to do in a small town so you know it's got a big drug problem oh there's so much to do here you just have to make yourself available to receive it and to give yourself permission to want more as well again you know you can go to a massive suburb in sydney or the wealthiest suburbs in sydney and you'll still get teenage kids that are smashing up windows and doing graffiti even though they go to a sixty thousand dollar a year private school during the day so it's it's all relative to (laughs) your own state of mind but yeah, and I remember that. And again, it was kind of going, oh, this is, you know, this works. And around again, the people I was around were doing it. So it was a place of feeling comfortable. And then again, realizing that it allowed me to step into that, that safe space, safe space slash awareness. And I stopped taking drugs when I fell pregnant with my daughter, which was the age of 23. So yeah. a good part of, you know, quite a few years. I was, um, yeah, I was like, I would take ecstasy and I'd like, I, when I was in a really abusive relationship in between those time frames, um, I smoked a lot of marijuana, like a lot. And to the point where it was because I was so like sad in my life and the relationship was just so toxic and horrible. And obviously that's what I brought to the relationship as well, because that's why we were together. We were mirroring energy mm. <laughs> so I, I got to, yeah. I'm taking my personal responsibility for that as well that karmic lesson for myself and for him and my worth but I smoked so much marijuana because I just that was the numb out that was the just just be docile because it's like if you're going to get into a fight and be erratic you're going to get pushed over or punched or screamed at or mentally abused and just made to feel like he's going to just constantly cheat on me constantly there was always that you're just going to go fuck someone else and it wasn't in the back of my mind it was there it was present it was like I had to control him like a crazy mother Mm. to make sure he didn't go do that and that's mental you shouldn't have to force anyone to do anything especially not go and cheat on you Yeah. yeah but that was you know my level of worth and what I thought I was worthy of and I just could not let go of that energy obviously that's what happens in karmic relationships you don't escape until you learn the lesson so you can for the people that wouldn't understand that, just a bit of a description on a karmic relationship, if that's okay. Well, well, I think like with people that you're familiar with the term like karma, like what goes around yep. comes around, like for that's sure. like you know your um your oh, generalized expression. Yeah, and it's like what goes around comes around. It's like yeah, what have you? What seeds have you planted for what fruit you pick? Hmm. Like, is it a beautiful juicy mango? Or is it fucking rotten tomato that's riddled with bugs and nastiness because that's the seed you planted that's the energy you put into that soil that's what you watered and i 
what you do and again it may not even be right now that you've accrued this karma or this direct relationship could be the way you were in previous connections or things that you had to learn because of your upbringing for them to be able to do that work not just for yourself but with your family but a karmic relationship is very intense like usually there's that instant attraction that instant resonance and it usually escalates really quickly because you it's like a trauma bond you just want to be with this person Mm. and it can have like these massive highs of connection and passion and you know usually it's very just like sex orientated only like that the foundation of it's like um you know really intense sex and but then there's the pain that happens and then all of a sudden it's the, the massive lows of where you know you feel like in a place of like despair or no self-worth or you're just angry or that you're all of a sudden you they you know they say oh you know she's a crazy bitch and you go like he turned me that way it's like yeah you turn into a person that you don't recognize in these coming mm. relationships because it's bringing up all these old wounds because it's a, a trauma bond that you've created with this person for yeah. me it's like the more he tried to run the more i tried to pull and it's like why won't you fucking love me and i yeah. was giving love languages what i thought was a love language it wasn't my actual love language. It's what I perceived as a way to make someone love me. And it was a mm. worth lesson that I had to learn. And one of the most hardest things that I remember he ever said to me was like, why don't you go fuck your dad? Because I would do all these things for him and he's like, and I would like, go, why don't you thank me? Why did well, I did this for you? Why can't you acknowledge it? Like, you know, he's like, mm. I didn't ask you to do that. I'm not your dad because my dad, we lived with my dad at the time. The only way I felt seen and heard with my dad and the only time he would give me that acknowledgement is if I would do things for him, that acts of service. Nat, can you go do this? Can you do that? And then if I didn't, I'll remember the next time you want something. And he would, he'd make me feel bad for not doing the things that he asked. So for me, it was like, oh, but I've cooked for you and I've washed your clothes. And then all of a sudden it's like, I didn't ask you to do that. I can do it myself. And then that was me kind of being the mothering role he didn't want a mother. Men don't want mothers for wives, mm. you know, and then so many women don't understand that because they think that's their way of nurturing and that way of caring and, and providing that, that connection because oh, for so many reasons, gosh, this is, this could go on forever, mm. but feeling worthy of that, that actual connected relationship of a deeper love. And by him bringing that out of me, it was like, I was so hurt. I was so upset, but it also made me go, fuck, like, he's right in a sense of that's how I treat my dad. That's how I connect with my dad by doing all these things for him conditionally. Like I would have to do it conditionally. Otherwise I would be made to feel bad. And I'm like, and I'm trying to tar my partner with the same brush as my dad. That's kind of sick because mm. he's not my dad. I want that. And it really brought out the worst in me because it's like, yeah, you, you cling to all these older ideals or this perception of what you think love is or what a relationship is. And until you learn the lesson, that's only then that that's when you can break away. But that's only like one dynamic of relationships. And everyone has like karmic relationships because you're going to keep learning the same lesson or people who like you see, they go from one partner to another, to another, to another. And you go, what the fuck? Like, how did they just find someone straight away? It's because they trauma bond or they're looking for that, that inner wounded energy to have maybe someone that they want someone to mother them, but they don't want someone to mother them. So they're crying out in like different ways. And again, it's about learning those lessons. So karmic relationship. Some people have to go through these things regardless, yeah? Oh, 100%. You, everyone has their own karma to write out. It's trying to understand, bringing the awareness to yourself that if something doesn't feel right or sit right and you think, fuck, I really am meant for more or 
something just isn't working here? Is it me? Chances what are it's just, it's, it's just karma that you've got to work through and to yeah. honour that you can expand that this is not it. This is not just it. And, you know, yeah, well, that can be hard. He can be married for 20 years and realise the whole fucking time it was a karmic relationship mm. and you thought it was true love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say about how do we get a person or ourself out of that pattern if it's a major self-worth issue and we think this is all we deserve. Yeah. See, and... Like it really is sort of, I, we can't make anyone do anything that they're not ready for. But if you're ready to hear this, it's like if something right now is resonating with you going, like I do think I'm worthy of more or I'm always made to feel something that I honestly don't really believe in, but I am I do believe it to a degree because that's what I'm told, then really be prepared to do the work. These things don't just happen overnight. And that's what I think scares a lot of people about growing as a person that, you know, you can go and get your coffee in a drive-thru and you have it instantaneous like that. You can have your fast food. You can now sit on the, t- the TV and there's a thousand movies sitting there ready for you. So many people are so used to this instant acknowledgement to what you're feeling, but then it's like it has that short-term result. Yeah. So to be, to, if you get, be prepared to kind of, it's going to take time, but it's worth it. But time's going by anyways. Mm. Like if it takes you, you know, like so, like with the perception of women who have babies and go, all right, you know, I've got to, I've got to work on my pelvic floor. I've got to, you know, flatten my tummy again. I've got to, you know, feel good, try and get the stretch marks healed. It's like it took you nine months to grow that baby. It's going to take that long to even before your body starts readjusting back into a place. Like obviously, you know, you can have areas that are healed and all that. So you can be intimate and connected and all that. Plus you would have, created, time. would have created it with thought prior to the nine months too, yeah. So Absolutely. There's there's all that that energy around it to not to not feel like it has to be fixed straight away and that you don't need to be fixed. It's just remembering who you really are. Yeah. That it's you're not broken. You're not, you're not to the point of no return and to see that you give yourself permission that even though things on paper or on the bank or on the, the finger of, you know, the ring on your finger is like a, a locked-in devil for your fate, your life. It's like, no, you can change that. And that's not always easy because, you know, it could just be that, you know, the mother-in-law is absolutely mind boggles your head with how you feel and you've been in this this marriage for so many years and you think I just want out but then I'm subconsciously emotionally manipulated by these people and I'm being made to feel like this or what if I don't have the money to do it on my own or what about my kids so many people stay in unhappy relationships because of their yeah. kids no yeah. your kids are going to be miserable anyways because they know you're miserable yeah they feel kids it. know you better than you think they feel it and if they see you arguing and they go why are you doing this for yes there might be that shock but then it gives your kids permission to put up with shit because you're telling them it's okay. You're telling them that you just write it out. You don't put yourself first. And so many mums get into that pattern of, you know, they drop everything for their kids and they go, you know, no, you put your kids first. No, you don't. Oxygen mask, you put yourself first. And and I know some people think, God, you're you're selfish. It's like, no, I'm the most healthiest, happiest mum going because I chose to fix my shit so my daughter didn't have to get herself fixed from me. Because if I'm telling her something and she looks at me, like she grew inside me. She knows me better than anyone else on this entire planet. She's felt me from the inside. Mm. Like she's part of my DNA. So if I say something to her, unless I'm showing up physically, 
emotionally and even like energetically in that that energy she's gonna go you're full of shit kids know whether you're telling them the truth or not Mm, they've got a bullshit radar that's so profound so if you're not happy and you're staying in that relationship and you think it's for the kids reassess is that like actually what you think is best for the kids or is that what you think you know your parents or your grandparents or you know you just stay in a marriage till death do us part because i'm married like you're committed to the vows it's like yeah but if you're growing expanding and seeing your worth differently than when you were 25 years old as a 45 year old person you've got to do you the kids Mm. will be okay they won't be if they see you be miserable and then all of a sudden you see them in there in their 20s and they're repeating the same thing and you go oh but you should do this or don't you love yourself more and they go well you didn't lead by example they're not going to say it but they're going to look at you like well they wouldn't then some of them may not even know they just go well this is what we do right Mm. Why would I do anything different? Because this is what you've shown me. They won't do as they're told, but they'll follow us no matter what anyway and do do as we do. Yep, they'll follow our feet, not our mouths. Yep. So what has been potentially one of the biggest challenges of your life, Nat? Challenge. I don't no know. It's, it's, it's really, I guess because where I'm at right now, and I have really jumped in the deep end with everything that I've experienced and really wanting to understand why my life played out the way it did. Again, to be that best person for myself, so therefore in turn be the best mother I can be and human being and yep. how I'm showing up in the world. To say like the the hardest challenge, it's I, I really don't resonate with that anymore, but initially as far as what the catalyst was or what the initial experience that I had in my life that set me on my karmic cycle of what I had to learn to get to this point. I was sexually abused when I was 10 years old by an older guy. And that's what, at at that age, it's that point of where you start to, you know, expand and dream and desire and you're just formulating your outlook on the world because you're getting to that point where you're starting to go, okay, you're an older child now. You're starting to understand things better and, you know, your parents are speaking to you differently and you get different responsibilities and you're just, you're growing. You're on the, on the verge of puberty, which is when, you know, everything changes again. And that caused me to just shut off from the world. I was a very ambitious little girl as far as, Again, that, that dream state, that fantasy of what all kids have, you know, that I saw myself that I could be the first female prime minister because to me at the time that was something that I aspired to be because I'm like, I'm loud, I'm, com- I'm like, you know, comfortable speaking and sharing. I had that, that, that desire to impact in a, in a way that I thought was really powerful. And it, as a 10-year-old, you think, oh, to lead the country, right? Like that was my perception of what I thought was the way to go and how I could help people in the mass because that was my inner leader coming out of me then, which is what I embody now as far as like direction to help people. It was always that there. But then when that happened, it told me to shut my mouth. It told me to be quiet. It told me to just go, oh, like, yeah, you have to be quiet. That's what this guy said to me. Like when it was the action was happening, he's like, shush like straight away for me to then be like muffled by someone that was 
older than me but not an adult. That was challenging as a teenage guy. And then it was like, again, seeing that your body functions in a different way to what you know. Like as a kid, you think you pee, you poop, you eat, you run, you jump, you skip. And all of a sudden there's this weird experience of like sexual energy and a way that you see someone else's body respond like to to see like an erect penis at the age of 10 was like what the fuck is this what is going on like to mm-hmm. to see that it's like and also going like I remember saying I'm like don't don't pee in my mouth like that was a fear that's like you know like that was very young delicate age yeah yeah really challenging because again it was that like what, what what is this for though like why do you want this and it was like, that's just what you do. You know, this is what you do. You, you want someone to, to like, it was like not even like you, but it was this is what you do. Like I'm going to have this, but you don't tell anyone because you came over here. You came over to play in my garden. Mm. You came over to, you know, and then that's when I got blamed and shamed. You know, you made me do this because mm-hmm. look how you've made me feel. Like yeah. your you your action then towards me that he made me do, mm-hmm. and what then how what he did to me he's like no but you you made me feel this way like look at my body, you created this, so therefore you're equally to blame for this behaviour so don't feel like you can then like try and get me in trouble if that makes sense so then I was like told to be quiet, and then there was that fear of going oh I did do something wrong, mm. I have done something that I didn't know existed. So therefore it must be wrong because I wasn't aware of it. And it then got me to shut off from the rest of the world. And I felt that resentment and anger and pain and shame around myself. Like I got my period not long after I had pubic hair show up, um, which was like at the age of 10, it was like a lot of girls develop young anyways. But for me, that was, you know, I remember that showing up. And then I went to mom's like, I remember just not feeling myself. I, I started develop like with my breasts developing, like those like like the the breast nodes and all that at that young age. And then I developed mastitis mm. in my left breast, and that's something that pregnant women, breastfeeding women, sorry, develop. Yeah, like for my body to have that inflammation response. Yeah, exactly. that just shows what was going on deep down in my body, because it's like what the fuck, like. Yeah, that's mastitis. One, she's only just started developing breasts. Now she's got all these like inflammation showing up in her body. Like what is going on? So they took me to a pediatrician and it was this male pediatrician who's like, lay on the bed and take your pants off. And it's like, what? Yeah, freaking what out. What the fuck? Yep. What the fuck? Why am I doing this again? And then he's talking to my mum. He's not talking mm. to me. So I'm disassociated. I'm this like, like little naked girl just laying there going, okay, I'm just going to be here like a fucking frozen mm woman and it was just it was re-traumatizing and then he's touching like my my one's pubis which is like the pubic bone all that area just feeling around he's touched my breast he's like you can't do this you can't go in your school camp Uh, not school camp you can't go in your girl guides camp because you've got the mastitis because in case you have an infection and you're out at the camp and then i fucking was pissed off like my inner self was like fuck you like the one thing that Mm. i valued was that connection with those girls and like you know you wait for your camp and that to me that was something that i did like i wasn't really into like sports and things at that stage 
sort of then yeah. to have that taken away from me, there was a lot of then resentment going. And here you have another man basically controlling or making you fearful, yeah? Yeah, fearful, re-traumatising me and telling me what to do and then taking away the one thing that I valued so much and then going, this is what Such this a broken action, system, isn't it? Yeah, but even just talking to talking to my mum about it but not even acknowledging like I was there and that to me really mm. like I just remember going are you gonna are you gonna say hi, like hi to me yeah, you know definitely. like hello I'm the one here I'm not a baby I'm 10 years old I can talk doesn't matter if you're four you know you're still fucking human exactly. like- and that's why like I with my daughter people will say stuff and they'll say stuff about her and I will look at her and talk to her in first person and go like she's here she's a part of this or they ask, oh, how old is she? And I go, Vivian, how old are you? Like, ask her. Like, mm. don't, you know, but so the, that's the whole, like, kids are seen and not heard bullshit. Yeah. No, absolutely. that's not how it is. Kids are seen and kids are heard because then that creates, you know, adults that are not seen and not heard and then that's when they turn into psychopaths or they turn into control freaks or they turn into drug addicts or they're just miserable people that are in a system of working for someone else and they're not happy not living their dream because they're not seen and they're not heard. Mm. so to have that then taken away that then put that immediate resentment towards anything to do with the body because it's like you took away you've taken away my camp like that was my first like like it showed up in my physical world of going yeah you've just taken away something that was really important to me so deep down I was like okay it's not going to give you anything you give but you don't receive Yep. when you play in this space of like sexual energy or sexual connection. <clears throat> and again, it was the. That's why you shut off shut. to receiving. Yeah. And then that set me off on, that was my karmic start of my karmic cycle of not knowing how to receive. And I know that sounds like a bit debaucherous when you think about like as a little girl, but then that showed up then in all my relationships, all my life. Mm. Um, I was, you know, I was really highly strung and uh, like, I wouldn't say emotional, but again, how my parents, they didn't know, they didn't know why all of a sudden I was just shirty with them or Mm. I was turned off and they didn't know why I couldn't concentrate on things. I had no desire. Like I was, I was a very smart little girl, Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't apply because I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to do the work Mm. because it was easy for me to just put the mask on. It was easier for me to bluff than to do because I didn't believe enough because when I believed in myself to go over and do that thing, that's when the bad thing happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that continued on into different other elements of connection. I was 13 when I was like groomed online by like this 15, 16 year old boy. And at the time, you don't think it's grooming. I use the groom word now because I was like, no, it fucking was, mate. You fucking spoke to a young girl. <clears throat> I just turned 13 the day before. He literally was like, oh, yeah, it's your birthday. I'll give you like a chip rub. I remember him saying that. And I go, oh. And I was looking up to my brothers at the time. Mum was at work. Dad was at work. And don't get me wrong, it was like I was at home for like an hour and a half. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> at home for an hour and a half before they'd get home. And all I would do was like we'd have afternoon tea and unpack the dishwasher and just make sure they were okay. And then that was so they could work the hours that they needed to. We'd get off the school bus and it was fine. Um, so in my story, in my head, I'm like I'm looking after my brother's they don't have to do anything. Um, I have to unpack the dishwasher. I have to make sure their school bags are unpacked and they're just playing the PlayStation and doing whatever they're doing. So when this guy presented the opportunity of me to escape, 
my reality. I took him up on it. A part of me is like, fuck, this is so bad. I should not be doing this. I should not be leaving my brothers because what if, you know, the house caught on fire or, you know, the stuff that, you know, you, like it was, I was their responsibility. But all, so I was like, this is bad. And then all of a sudden the action, I'm like, you know, he was making me perform oral sex and he was like fingering me and all this stuff. And I go, oh, like it's not sex, so it's fine, right? But, again, it was that control. It's like you're doing this for me. Like I want you to make me feel this way and don't mm. tell anyone. Like this is us. This is our – this is between you and me. And <clears throat> he used to catch my school bus. And I remember the first time it happened. And I went there and he was like, oh, you know, that was really great. We'll have to do it again sometime. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like that was really weird because to me it wasn't pleasurable. Like, yeah, it may have been like physical, but it was like I was in my head. So, mm-hmm. you, like, you think it was maybe good, but I think about it now I'm like, no, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah. Or it was good that I could see that he was happy. That was the paradigm that I created, giving the pleasure. That was what I got out of it was like, no, I feel good because you're feeling good, not because Rein- I'm feeling good. <laughs> reinforcing that, not being able to receive, just got to give. Yeah, exactly, 100%. That was that big, big message there. But I got on the school bus the next morning and he was sitting on the back, like near the back seat and he had his, you know, his hair all spiked up and whatever and he had his iPad or iPod at the time or MP3 or whatever the fuck it was. (laughs) And I remember it's like he didn't even look at me and I was like, oh, okay. And I sat down and I was talking with my friend and it was just, like, okay, we'll just don't look at him and don't say anything and whatever. This is cool. Mm. Anyways, that afternoon, hey, like I got off the bus. Hey, you look so nice on the bus today. You know, I can't like come talk to you because, you know, we don't want anyone knowing. And show it's like keep your mouth shut. Mm. And that condition to me, again, like don't make this known. This is behaviour that's secret. You're doing the thing, you know, behind your brother's back. And also it conditioned me to like, not receive someone who was actually going to commit to anything with me. So many people had like boyfriends and connections and I had this thing going on with this guy where he told all his mates about me, of course, but I, when I, when I came to the, the centre of my attention in my world, I was talking with a girl about it and she's like, oh, my God, Natalie, like what the fuck? Like so many of these young girls were like, that's messed up, man. You're only 13. What do you mean you're freaking giving blowjobs at 13? Like that's. That's mental. Why are you doing that for? And to me, I was like, oh. Thought I was supposed and then to. Was, yeah. And yeah, I was supposed to. And then it was kind of like, the, I'm, I didn't think I was a rebel, but it was like, oh yeah, well, fuck, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That I don't give a fuck attitude kind of was like the, the badge of honor of like, well, I know what to do. So if you guys need tips, I'm the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but really, it, it's and I remember like the older girls, the ones that were his age and that looking at me because it was maybe in my head, but I think Fuck, like they're not even doing the stuff I'm doing and they're my age. Yeah, and exactly. That, but so there was that distinction of separation there, but then it would just would keep going on and then it was my little form of escapism and then it came out in the school system because I was emailing and it was like through a school email and then the, te- they got, the IT guy read it, printed it out and went, ah, to my like year coordinator, <clears throat> you might want to uh, address this. And they pulled me into the room and they shamed me. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? This is not behavior for a, a young woman. I'm like, how about the fucking guy doing it? And it's so funny. This is where I went, but I didn't say that. I actually went and saw a school counselor whilst this was all going on because mm-hmm. my heart was like, listen, I'm doing this stuff. I don't know 
it's like I was, it's not like I was trying to give myself permission to do it, but it was kind of like, I think it was my inner self going, please help me get me out of this. I'm doing it, but I'm doing it unconsciously. Like now I know this verbiage. That was me going, tell me I fucking got to stop. Otherwise I'm going to get arrested because I'm going to keep doing it. It's mm. like the, the addiction to the escapism, but if I'm really going to get in trouble for it yeah. or I'm, if I can, like, if this, like, help me, that's all it was. Help me. I went to her. If you go to a counselor, chances are like to knowingly go and do it, to knowingly go and seek help. You're seeking help. And she was like, oh, I looked up in my books. Like, you know, as long as you don't have sex with him, it's fine. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Like a part of me is like, I kind of didn't want you to tell me that. I kind of wanted you to tell me like, no, he's going to go to jail because of you. Like kind of scare me. I wanted to be scared mm. and just stop to do it because that was the only thing that was going to stop me because I was so set in my way. But mm. that was my higher self sitting in that, that counselor's room going, no, like get me out of this. Like I actually don't like this guy. Like I don't like him. I didn't even like him romantically. That's the thing. I wasn't like a girl who's like, oh, he's going to. No, it was purely like this distorted connection of escapism, which is what so many people fall into. And, again, it was all about give, give, give. And then he would bring his friends involved. And then I ended up having sex with him when I was like 13 and nine months. And it was always like the the non-romantic relationship and because I just didn't feel worthy of it. And, you know, like I had boyfriends and things in between, but I'd always like there'd always be that other energy going on. And I remember he, the guy who I was having this connection with started dating my, one of my best friends <laughs> and he took her virginity and he absolutely doted on her. Like there was no tomorrow. She's the most sexiest woman. She's beautiful. And he showed all these like admiration for her. And I go, fuck you. Like I've just sucked your dick for the last two years and I get nothing. And yet you then be with her and it's like, Fucked up, eh? Yeah, but then to me it was like, oh well, that's that's what you do, Natalie. You just you just give, and it was the same thing. There was then people in that frequency that would just take advantage of that behaviour and my goodwill, because that's all I felt worthy of. And that pattern continued for so many years of just that <laughs> give, 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 up until like in recent lifetimes of, and I say lifetime for me, it's like I'm always evolving. So when I use that term, it's like it still means in my like this life. But I've gone through so much. I'm always growing, having my own, you know, ego deaths and all of that. So that's where I still play in that 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 spiritual space because spirituality is a big part of my makeup now, like massively. And the distinction between spirituality and religion, like I'm very much that feminine, intuitive energy now because I ch- shut off from my intuition for so long. Oh. I just spilled some water. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, electronics don't get zapped. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, to be in that that beautiful energy of really trusting my intuition and learning to wholly and solely receive. And I think women in so many ways, with my experience, it was that, but so many women, it's like we're, we're hyper-masculinized and it's radical feminism that we put on our power suits and we can be the CEOs and we can do this and we're told that we can do it all. Because that's what then we're taught. It's like, well, we can do it all, but it doesn't mean that we have to. It doesn't mean we should. It doesn't mean that we have to be the man version of a woman, that we actually can be supported and acknowledged and we can be 
high, powerful, achieving women. But when it comes into relationships, this is where the polarity can die, is that we actually don't have to be then that person in a relationship. And so many women and men with where they're at, the polarity doesn't exist and therefore that's when fights happen, that's when the confliction or lack of intimacy then happens because naturally we're supposed to feel safe, secure, receptive. But if we're told that we have to provide ourselves and we don't accept our, you know, love language of our partner of being able to, to receive, then there's always going to be that conflict there. And by you then feeling like you have to be the one that runs the relationship, that's you in that, that karmic energy again because we're not really meant to be in that, that space. And even, again, just recently for me to really honour that I don't have to lead in any relationship. I don't have to try and force the connection or, you know, that I can be provided for, but it doesn't mean that I still can't have my own independent life, but then being interdependent with someone not codependent, which is then reliant. And I think so many people can be either one way or the other. They can be super independent in a relationship and then it just, they just, you just butt heads because of that confliction there or you're codependent, which is like you become so reliant on their, behavior and you're you trying to um, make them love you or show your affection in a certain way because that's how you feel good you feel good by filling up other people's cups first and that doesn't work it doesn't work yeah that's exactly right and then I think this is why I love the space that you're in because I've talked to you a little bit about it but if we can understand ourselves more and then understand what the balance should be in a relationship, for example, maybe that can help so many more people in um, in the space of relationships and how to, you know, communicate, connect and all of those things that you can probably elaborate more than me on. No, thank you so much for sharing that because, again, intimacy, it's into me I see it really is about understanding oneself and as much as I talk about, you know, things around like self-image and self-esteem and how we identify with ourselves and how we were raised. It's Then you get to the fun part. Then you get to like sex now and intimacy and passion in that creative life force energy that your body has. That's now like my superpower when before it was my poison where yeah. like I had so many dodgy sexual experiences that disassociated my body and put me in my head and just forgive, give, 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 give didn't know how to receive, didn't know how to surrender intimately and to be able to connect. It then allowed me by doing the work on myself, then allowed me to explore so much more of that sexual part that was something that I suppressed. And I think so many people do that. And it doesn't even have to be because of something of an abuse. It could be just from your upbringing or religious beliefs or just the way you were told to cover up, cross your legs. People don't, Women don't sit that way or with men. It's like, oh, you know, the shame around... Um, wanting to masturbate and having to hide like mm. you know women wonder why men are like dead silent in the bedroom it's like you guys masturbate like ninjas because you know you were like 15 16 years old and your mom's telling you your din- dinner's ready come to the table and you're going yeah i'm coming in a minute. <laughs> you have like a, a sneak pool so you guys are very <laughs> sleuths but then that programs you guys to disassociate to yeah, exactly. make it a reactive friction-based response and then also to be quick quick yeah. just get in get out get, in, get out and have that yeah, and it's a masculine release. thing to um, complete a task as well, which I'm very aware of the fact that especially just in life in general, like we're all like uh, hurry up, get it done, you know, next project, next task. It's like why? What's, what are we hurrying for? What's the end result? I say to people the end result is a, is a 
timber box if you're lucky. What do we constitute as success? And by then accruing more goods or money or resources or uh, like solutions, that that's what constitutes a success opposed to really embodying and um, acknowledging what we have right now. And in the form of like intimacy and with men, it's also like that, that natural biological reaction is like to survive, we must procreate and to procreate, procreate, you must ejaculate. So there is that biological desire to Mm. come. Yeah. And so then with women and connection with that, it's like, well, obviously, you know, we're not always going to want to fall pregnant every time that we, you know, are intimate with someone, nor can we, but also then as far as like exploration for a woman, we have infinite pleasure potential as far as what orgasm paths we can open up to. Women can have up to like eight different kinds of orgasms and it's much like a like a lotus. It's like once we open, it's like it's envelops in pleasure and we can orgasm, come, 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 come. Men, once you ejaculate, you have to have that refraction period to be able to then go again Rebuild. and then therefore you know you lose that life force you lose those vitamins and the minerals rather and that you know that energy that comes with the ejaculation so by then being able to take the time and remove the outcome of ejaculation that you can separate orgasm and ejaculation as a male then gives you that opportunity to drop into that deep masculine present energy to penetrate the woman with your energy, which then that's when like all like a woman really deep down wants to feel safe and surrendered and ravished. And that comes from then her dropping in feeling safe. But then that doesn't happen in a five minute pound quickie. Like I, I, I put this to you now, like if you could go back to like, say your 15, 16 year old self, what words would you use to describe sex? Oh wow! It's just you just don't you don't even understand it at all. You just think that it's something you just got to get done and complete as quick as possible, so that you can tick it off and say I've done it. You know, it's like a chore. So you can then do it again. So you can then do it yep. again, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you and I've talked about this about um, the slow down or the or the retention of ejaculation or whatever you want to call it. That it's mm-hmm. not. It's not. We need to be reshaping this stuff as young as schools and um i'd love to see you be able to present to teenagers around this sort of thing and all that because we've been taught wrongly and that was actually going to be another question of mine is i know i have some listeners that are just terrified even if i just say the word sex they like no 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 no, no, i don't want to hear it so how and these are adults so how can we approach this subject when they're like it's so dirty it's so wrong can't even fucking say the word And then they're having relationship problems. And it's like, well, maybe, just maybe you got to question what you were taught or, or potentially even not taught around the subject. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to, I'll go back to my question because this is going to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. What word would you use as like a teenager to describe sex? Like if you were to have sex with a woman, you would go, I want to have sex with her. I want to make love to her. What would it be like? If you, or what words have you used, young yeah, men? Yeah, yeah. Well, in a to in, use in a simple explanation, I suppose. I'm just trying to think from back that perspective would have been like a expectation. Real in reality, 
is to be able to tell your brothers, your friends or your mates or your peers that that's what you've done. So from a male perspective, yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know if the word Skype really, it's just uh, more you're taught that that will make you a man. Yeah. Yeah. And to be a man, it's like that, that again, that achievement that you, you slay a pussy, you, you smash it up, you beat her up. Like, as in like, that's what it is. That's if you think about those words, that's how young blokes use. Mm. And even some older men. Yep. They oh, used to shit, like because yeah. a conquest. It's a conquest. It's like exactly. an achievement to be able to to create that. And then the women, oh, you lose your virginity. You have to give. You get broken in. You have you have to give up. Yeah, you, you absolutely. Know. And it's like there's look at that. It's like we're, we're losing something, a part of us. So really, there needs to be, again that be that whole rewiring and programming around how we're taught. The hardest thing though. When it's in school, we're not told about pleasure. We're taught no. about the reproductive factors because they go, no, because if we tell them about the pleasure, they're just going to want to do it. We're doing it anyways, but we're going to be in fear. Yeah, why fucking hide mindset. it? Yeah. Like you look at like the, the teenage pregnancy rates in like certain schools that all they teach is abstinence, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. And they go, well, we have sex and we're pregnant. They go, oh, shit, we forgot to tell you that you ovulate and this because we're just telling you not to do it opposed to you understanding I normally don't the really process of the body. Normally, don't say much around that specific topic, but that's that's a prime example of religion. It's it's a abstainer, and then therefore it comes out through abuse. It comes out through real early marriage that turns out into an absolute mess because people don't know each other, they don't like each other, they don't want want to be together, or they stay together like those relationships you were saying before when they shouldn't. So it's abstainer. Yeah, absolutely. Ab- so with what you were saying about it. like. Well, no, you can't suppress it. And I guess with coming back of like teaching people and those that are really like activated, I, I try not to use the word triggered because triggered means you're blaming someone else for how you're reacting or feeling about yourself. Activating, it's like, no, they're activating something within you because it's you that's having that reaction to what's going on in the outside world. So take control of how you're feeling. Don't blame them for what you're hearing. Mm. So, and that's with anything. Don't blame the outside. Understand why you're thinking a certain way. But as far as like people who are really complex around sex, it's again, it's bring it back to to how you were raised around it, and to really understand what perhaps what's your what's your shame story around it? Because shame's that lowest energy space that you can be in. Because when you have shame, you just feel like really low. You feel embarrassed. You have those like mind crippling, pillow punching memories, and you're like, "Fuck! Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did that happen?" Like that's shame. And you know, I think that and it then, can create a sorry to cut in, I think it can create no, a no, no, you're right. massive lack of self-worth by being in that state of sex is dirty, sex is wrong, sex is all that. Because you and I, and you probably put this a bit more eloquent than me, but what what is sex? It's creation of a beautiful fucking human. So therefore, if you don't appreciate or like the fact of sex, you're not actually liking the fact of the creation of a human in my mind. And I think the reason why the like standardised society has always shunned sexuality or it exploits women in a form of like like sex objects, it's because it generalises it. It dumbs it down to keep you in that shame space. And pornography is very distorted in how it expresses 
the art of sex and I use the word art because it's something that is so creative and beautiful and you think about it we don't see other people having sex it's not something that's Mm. shown or taught so with men that's your you know that's how you see that's what you first view as what sex should be like and then then you think that that's that's how you have to show up you have to show up with the the big pounding cock that you have to have all these wild ass positions and the woman's just going to take it and then you just got to smash this around and do this and she's just there to fulfill your void of getting to that point of orgasming porn's very distorted and there's a lot of it and not all of it there is some ethical porn out there but a lot of it and that is marketed to young men is like no this is your this is you and this is only mm-hmm. for you just to get to that point of release when it's not about that. Men can have that amazing, mind-blowing, circulating, energetic orgasms within their body. And I know some people hear this and go, what the? That's weird. That's really it's weird. Awesome. What do you mean? Mm. But it, when you look past that, it's like, yeah, that's why it's so powerful yep. because you, a woman's womb is that creative portal, our sacral chakra. It's the same with the men and their genital area. It's all about creation. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to create another human being. And that's the biggest thing that people, I think, go oh shit well what and that's why it's so powerful and that's why as a generalized mainstream society it seems illogical and that's what they want, would want it to believe because it is so powerful with what yeah sex can do and when a woman is so well fucked and so well looked after <laughs> in that orgasmic bliss state she's flowy and she's okay. happy and she can she can oh, wow. take on the world she's happy and you know, some and you know, you know, my wife's a nag and this and that. It's like, well, you're obviously not fucking her very good because <laughs> that's why she's that's right. And most men will go, no, screw you. She's an angry bitch because she won't even touch me. But you know, you're the man. Where are you not showing up in that divine yeah. masculine energy for her to feel safe Love to it. then be able to open up to you? Because again, it's not blaming men. It's reminding you who you are. Because I can be such a strong, powerful woman, but yep. nothing makes me more turned on than king energy than an actual real man. Yeah, and that's what women that. deep down want. And that's what we want more than anything. We love, like, I love men I, in their true form. <clears> because I love hearing that because there's a lot of men out there that when it comes to that space, they, they still, they're like masculine out there in business and work and all that sort of shit, but they won't take charge and fuck their wife. Yeah. And, and it's like, the, the, like, and I, I, I'm Kim and army. She's a beautiful holistic sex health and wellness coach. And I take a lot of musings from her because she was very much in alignment with how we express our feelings and the inspiration of taken from her, but she's like behind a really great woman is is a man giving her all that he's got <laughs> that's so because good, eh? that's the thing it's, and again it brings you to that heightened enlightened state and through things like cervical orgasms that make you connected to fucking the world to source to this higher realm because you think about it a baby doesn't just pop up it has to come from spirit it has to come from energy we have a spirit in us at the end of the day and women are the only people that can create something from the spirit world and birth it into the real world and that's that feminine energy within all of us as well that creative energy what can we create and birth into the world in a tangible aspect and then for men it's like when we talk about that business state it's like but by being integrating in that own energy within you Mm -hmm. and again it's not feminine as in being like you know feminine as in like show up in a dress it's going understanding and being intuitive and being consciously present with your partner because a woman knows whether you're there or whether yep. you're just in that robotic man doing space 
And by separating yourself from that action, doing outcome driven and being there with your woman, she's going to feel seen and she's going to feel heard. And when a woman feels seen and heard, that's when she's like, okay, I feel safe. Like just to know that that acknowledgement is there doesn't mean you have to fix her. Guys, like actually like say, like, do you want, do you want me to like hold space for you? Do you, are you just wanting to be heard right now? Or can I provide a solution? I really like that. I there. really like that question. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know what? A lot of men will sit there and they'll be biting their lip the whole time. Like get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. As she's there explaining what happened today at work. And you know, the point could be, and then she spilled the coffee on the keyboard and you're like, okay, so did you clean the keyboard? And she's like, did you fucking just listen to the whole thing I just said? The whole <laughs> thing is the point. My whole story is the point because that's how women explain things. Men get to the point and then they explore. Yeah. Women explore and then get to the point. But the whole point is they just want to be ex- hear themselves being expressed. Mm. And you don't have to provide that solution. <laughs> just by her having you listen makes her go, okay, like I have now feel like I've just got it off my chest because yeah. that's how women, we express so men, don't feel like you have to fix your woman. Just be there for her and ask, do you need me to provide a solution That's or a do you need help with it? Question. Just I actually think. ask because it's your knee-jerk reaction to provide that. We're, but you don't always have solvers, to. But we don't need to, yeah. yeah. Right. You don't need to be with your woman. That's I'm where it's different in a relationship. Because that's the thing they go, well, because that's where the woman goes, well, no, I got my own, but I just want you to got my. I want you to have my back. I don't want you to have... You don't have to, you know, guide me to it, but guide me with your presence. That's yeah. leading. The solution is you being there, mm. listening. And that's, again, in the bedroom as well, by consciously separating yourself from that outcome and dropping in and letting yourself be with your woman and detracting from that outcome. It takes up to a minimum of 20 women, 20 minutes, 20 women, huh? 20, <laughs> mi- 20 minutes for a woman to get to that state of arousal to yeah. be able to then potentially orgasm. Yeah. The orgasm is not necessarily the goal. And also that's very much a masculine thing. Like, oh, come for me. I'm going to make you come. It's like mm-hmm. for a woman to, uh, for, to make a woman feel that way, it's like you're making a woman go into a masculine by feeling like you have to get her to that point. Yeah, it's a nice byproduct. Like, it doesn't need to be the outcome. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. For both. But for a man, it's like a woman's going, well, you know, when you're there trying to get it, are you doing it for her or are you doing it for her, uh, for yourself? Yeah, are you doing it for her or are you actually doing it for her? Yeah, Like are you right. trying to make her come? Are you doing it to make yourself feel good or are you actually doing it to make her feel good? And if you're doing it to make her feel good, is that still for you? Yeah. If you're or are you generally clock, just present and there? If you're watching the clock, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then you're thinking that you have to get her to that point so then, then you can come. It's like, no. You know what? Just be intimate, be present. It's a dance. It's a flow of energy and to allow those other parts of your body to be connected. And this is where like intimacy, yourself, self-pleasure practices, self-awareness practices plays a massive role to be able to explore those extra sexual energies within you and sensitivities. Like so many men just generalize it to their cock and to that friction-based reaction based on what you know from, you know, when you're that 14-year-old self just yourself off quickly then that's where you derive your pleasure from it's like when was the last time that you just like consciously gave yourself a testicle massage Mm, exactly and just focus on that and then like you know finding those other erogenous zones whether it's you know that you like to to have your ears tickled a certain way or that you like your head getting rubbed and your hair being touched it's like as a woman it's like you know we like to feel 
acknowledge and explore like mm. you know you could be kissing your partner and straight away you put your hand on their vagina or their vulva rather sorry yeah, yeah. that they go oh, like straight to it and it's like the woman wants to be caressed and touched and feel like everything is i think sensual I'm and beautiful and sexual <laughs> that's okay because like sensual touch is so important it's not yeah. feeling the feeling like you're a woman you're feeling yourself yeah, it's like, you. You're just feeling you because that's so important that you like that. And so many men and women cut off from the rest of their body because of their own self-image or self-worth or what they feel is normal, you know, yeah, exactly. what they think is an acceptable way to connect with someone or whether they feel comfortable in their skin, whether like so many people have sex with the lights off or they'll leave their bra on. Yeah, absolutely. Or oh, yeah. you'll just have sex with your woman from behind. Yeah. because of self-image and how you actually feel about yourself and by unpacking those things individually mm. is going to allow you to show up better oh this is in beautiful. intimate space yeah yeah absolutely and it's like everything else where you know where you show up in life as you describe you know if, if you don't have the self-worth in general it's going to show up in this area of life too yeah oh absolutely and a big thing with what I teach with like my clients and couples, it's all about your health as well. And I'm not just talking about like mental health, yep. like your physical health is so imperative for mm. intimacy with yourself and others. Like if you don't have healthy blood flow, you know, the erectile tissue isn't going to become engorged as to its full potential and your ability to orgasm is going to be decreased because of circulation, lubrication. And as far as like your heart and like your fitness and your pelvic floor space and like your hips, if you're like rigid and uncomfortable, you're not going to have that range of motion. If you've got like a bit of a belly that you're not going to be able to like get your woman to that, to that point. Like if you're, it's not even, yeah. you can, you can master the art of sustaining an erection. It's not even then about the skill of actually, you know, what you can do with your cock, but it's the rest of your body. Like, mm. do you have the, the fitness and the capacity to fuck for 40 minutes? Can you yeah. actually do that? Because that's what's going to take your woman to that point of arousal and orgasm. So by really embracing that healthy lifestyle, and to me it's all about like, like plant-based nutrition, fitness, strength, uh, elements of yoga, breath work, that get you to that point of being able to really show up for that intimacy potential that you're available to have. So, you know, it's not just then going, oh, well, you know, I, I wake up and I've got a hard dick and I can have sex with my partner and, you know, she seems to go okay, but it's going, nah, like it's your whole body, like, you know, really bringing your whole body into your sexual practice. And oh, really? by being that fit, healthy self, your all your organs are going to perform better and then you're going to be able to have sex into your 60s and your 70s without needing Viagra. Like, isn't that the goal to just honor your healthiness? Well, I reckon that we could probably do a whole nother, a whole nother part two around the health and well-being side because I know that that's also your specialty, and I don't want to take all your day up because I could sit here and talk to you for the next five hours. But I'm also mindful to keep these podcasts to about an hour, which we're over. But um, yeah, awesome, and of course, and that's the thing too, knowing that you know, people to start focusing on their own individual journey and to. To, to reach out, to, to explore that more. Because, yeah, that's definitely something that uh, I like to do one-on-one -on -one because yeah. everyone's health goals are different, everyone's health ex experiences. And, I like, I'm myself, I'm, like, I'm not a doctor, but I base my uh, philosophies, recommendations around, like, clinical-based research and um, 
wellness modalities that support what I'm saying. So really bringing it to that individualized approach, I feel like it leads to the best outcome as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a couple of things that I'll mention before we wind up is like, um, firstly, I'll make sure that I put all of your links to uh, media and different things in the, in the chat notes. And um, But on this topic, because it's so new to so many people, like even me really, because I've always been interested in it, but where, where do people find more info that's non-biased and where do they find you and, um, and what would be some first things that they could do to work on their own practice or anything like that? Well, definitely start looking at yourself with a lot more love and self-image again, really giving yourself the love you deserve, taking the time to love yourself more. It doesn't even have to be in the form of like a, a physicality, mm. but giving, telling yourself that you're worthy of having better in life and that you can achieve it, that everything's not yeah. set in stone, nothing is set in stone that you always have the opportunity to create more freedom and optimum connection with that self that you know you you have, that that 10-year-old self. Everybody has that 10-year-old self that thought they could take on the world. Dream more. Start playing in that fantasy world and acknowledge that what you're wanting to do can become a reality in yeah. any form, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in business, whether it's health, that you can have it. So giving yourself permission and writing it down, making it something tangible, get it out of your head and go, okay, well, if I could have like, my dream life tomorrow, what would it look like? Mm. And, it, and, and don't beat yourself up that if it means, you know, that you're removing yourself from toxic relationships or people or family members, give yourself permission that your whole new life may look different, but that it's okay to have that desire as well, to not beat yourself up that you may want, something completely different to what you have now yeah definitely even, even if it goes against the grain and to again give yourself that like look up um look up what different body parts and that look like as far as like sexual intimacy and that goes like there are so many breasts that are different to you know your typical perky um swimsuit model breasts mm. um that you know there are every like their sisters not twins there's always they look different um same with penises same with vulvas like so many women don't know what vulvas look like comfortable in my skin yeah. is a really beautiful um platform that's run by ellie sedgwick and it's all about vulva diversity because labiaplasty is like the fastest and most expensive cosmetic surgery that's on the rise in the world yeah. because so many women are told oh that your pussy's ugly because that's, that's fucking, what porn shows you that's fine. and and that's what and it's because that's what and, but you know what we don't have the locker room experience because vulvas are very much differently positioned to a penis that we don't get to see the diversity so when we all of a sudden watch porn or something or we open a magazine and there's this tiny tidy little vulva Mm. and we go oh god like i've got all these bits that are hanging here and that like mine's not normal and that when your body changes after childbirth and you don't feel worthy of that connection or you disassociate from it so look at the diversity around your body and give it that love and actually see it as a, an extra part of you that it's not just your whole body it's like that mm. it's it's its own self the him the her of you because they yeah. create so much so huh. give yourself permission and drink more water guys that's the, like that's the biggest thing just drink more water yeah. when you when you're hydrated you're you're in a much better state that's you know one big thing yeah. and to see that like i you know i love conscious conversations around 
um, you know, your, your health and wellness and your intimacy journey and to help you perform better in your life because where you show up um, in the bedrooms, where you show up in life. So yeah, if you're exactly. a sad, sorry, sack of shit in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that as, you know, it could just be with yourself and your connection with yourself in your body. It's how you're showing up in the rest of your life because you have that level of inspiration and desire and passion and enlightenment and that orgasmic, ecstatic energy showing up in the rest of the world. And that you can have those, you know, chemical reactions in the bedroom that you can have from those drugs or the alcohol or the stimulants that you experience in your outside world. You can actually obtain that from within. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely like reach out and keep, um, yeah, um, keep in the loop because there's um, more events I offer, workshops for women and exploring further into how I can help men more as well because that's a big passion of mine. I guess I've seen... Um, like a lot of men in their distorted masculine energy. And mm. I really know that they have the potential to be absolute incredible human beings and to be in that, that king energy. So yeah, to, yeah. to be able to show up there and that's a big passion of mine to, to help men lead their own lives yeah, so, to be the best for their partners, themselves, their businesses, their direction. So get on, um, get on Nat's pages and whatnot, guys, because she'll be, Running some, you know, programs around around all of this stuff for men and women. Um, where do they find you on the platforms? They need to find you on that. Yeah, that the best, like probably the best platform, and reach out first because again, I, I with obviously this work that I share that you can get, you can, but like anything, you can get people that can either just be time wasters or their intentions yeah. can just be not very nice. So mm-hmm. reach out to me. Let me know that you've you've heard this podcast or there's something that intrigues you, not the, hey, what's doing or, hey, what are you up to? Because I went right back to that. Yeah, Like good. actually, Sammy, hey, this is what intrigued me about your profile or what I heard on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Use Tell some me. common so decent I, skills. Yeah. yeah, like put yourself through the funnel because, if yeah, if you say to me, hey, what's going on or what are you doing, I'm just going to put you in the fuck boy inbox and delete you because I don't <laughs> have time to entertain you and tell you, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm kicking ass in life. Why do I have to tell you what I'm doing? Like my time is valuable. And that's where I want you guys to hold yourself to that strength as well, that you value your own time. Yeah, cool. To, to give yourself that best life. And I have to do it because, again, when you're talking about people with intimacy and sex and something that is such a mm. challenging area for some people, I want to give you all my undivided attention and respect. So let me know that you're meeting yourself with that respect that, that yeah. you're taking yourself seriously. That's the biggest thing. So Instagram, Natalie Cox, three underscores. And as you said, Leon, you'll provide the link, but that's a great way to connect with me. And I'm just about to um, have like my website developed as well. So therefore we can like take it off socials and have that further information available there. Cause I know sometimes socials can be a bit challenging with really getting messages out with being suppressed, especially when it comes to areas mm-hmm. around um, conventional taboo. And again, that's because they want to keep society in like a, consumeristic nature of keeping our vibes low and using that sex as that external force because you know it's easier to to not live in your potential at the end of the day because you know the world obviously sells you know it sells products it's it's it's, yeah exactly like so many women are made to feel inadequate about their body yeah that's why we have handbags and men have a wallet and that's so wrong because we should be happy with how we are and what we have yeah, exactly. So really helping you feel safe. So yeah, definitely reach out through the socials and you do have a Facebook page called um is it intimacy by nature? 
Mm, probably like intimacy by nature, yes. Like if you send a message through that, that would be the great, yeah. great avenue as well. But I'll also I'm updating those that information as well at the moment as far as like the individualistic approach. So I can give you those details so you can put the totally. correct ones up. Because again, I again I'm I'm constantly expanding and shifting with how I'm wanting to express myself and show up. Yeah. So it's just knowing how to identify myself for that to be able to get my message out there in the best, most effective way possible as well. Awesome. So I'll keep you in the loop. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Uh, happy Easter. It's Good Friday. Happy Easter. Yes. And um, yeah, I'll I'll have this up by this afternoon. So I'll um I'll get some stuff to put in with the notes. And I just really want to say thank you so much because you give me so much of your time, and I really appreciate that. Uh, it's just so so nice to be in your presence because I think we're aligned and we love sharing the similar sort of outlook and yeah just just thank you again so been awesome thank you so much for having me on because together we're strong we're you're focusing in with what matters to yourself the people are going to show up as well so guys don't be scared that if you're going to go on the path less travel that you're going to do it alone there are going to be people that are going to help you along the way. It just may not be the people that you're around now. And I think that's what a lot of people get scared of with change, that they're going to do it alone. You're never alone. You're never alone. Exactly. Thank you so much. Peace. Have a lovely weekend. All right. I'll talk to you soon.